Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. This, if you've got your Bibles this morning, you can, you can uh, go ahead and get them out, and uh, I will give you some passages here in a few moments. Uh, as you're doing that, uh, let me pray. Let's pray over our offering like we do each and every week. Heavenly Father, we trust you and we're just so grateful and thankful for your faithfulness in these last, this last uh, 13, 14, 15 months that the world's turned upside down. And today, God, we ask you once again, continue to bless your people as they're faithful to you and their tithe and their offering. Lord, I, I pray that you continue to provide jobs, employment, finances, wisdom, budgets, all of those things that are a part of being good stewards. And I pray, God, above all else, that, God, the finances of the families that are souls harbor, you will use to bring this kingdom into this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let me just take a moment and say, once again, hi to all of our Facebook family out there. I think there's connects out there if you happen to be new, uh, where you can give us your information if you'd like to. Let us know you're there. Um, and we would appreciate that if you have a prayer request or you have a prayer request. Uh, there are links on the Facebook feed as well as cards around the sanctuary, and we'll pray for them throughout the week. Well, today is our Mother's Day service, and it's the day that we honor mothers. And not just mothers, and I, I always try to say this, not just mothers, but ladies, because what I found is some moms are maybe biological moms, uh, some moms are adopted moms. They may have adopted kids. But a lot of ladies are either in addition to that or, or just simply they have a mom's heart and they tend to mom, and I mean that in the best way, okay, because I know sometimes saying you mom somebody's not so good. Mom people in the best way. You just have a mom's heart. So ladies, this is our day to celebrate you and to say thank you and, and, and to appreciate you um, so much. Uh, I've preached the last two weeks here at Souls Harbor about business. What's the business of the church? What's our business and how is our business or how's our business doing? Uh, and, it, and, it, and, and I've tried to bring out, I hope you guys have grabbed a hold of this, that it's, it's making disciples and it's loving God and loving people. And I, I want to continue a little bit of that this morning, but I want to talk about moms. And, and let me just try to put it this way. How many of you, we've, we've got a number of ladies in our congregation that um, are, have ran or do run their own business, maybe as a second business, maybe as a primary, but I'm curious, how many of you have ever or either done it or considered starting your own business? Quite, quite a few either have or are or planning on one day. My guess is that maybe when you got ready to start your own business, you took the time to go find somebody that was already doing that if you're going to make donuts, it'd be good to go talk to a donut shop, shop right? If, if you're going to sell dresses, it'd probably be good to go talk to somebody that makes dresses. If you are going to run a landscaping business, I don't know how many of you ladies get excited about landscaping, but if you do, it would probably be a good idea to go, right? It's good to talk to somebody who's in that business. And I've been talking about the church's business for the last couple of weeks. And, and can I tell you, as I've put this message together this week, I've come to realize that moms, ladies... You are probably the best example of God's business, making disciples and loving people that exist on the face of the earth. And it may be that you didn't even realize it. It's possible you weren't even aware of it. When it comes to the Lord's business, and sometimes I know moms feel this way, when it comes to God's business, 
You're not on the sidelines. Because sometimes I, I've, I've, I've just observed, and, 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 and as best I can tell, sometimes moms almost feel like they're so busy with their kids that they don't have time to do, quote, God's work. You're not on the sidelines. What you do as a mom is the front lines, not the sidelines. And I hope today as I share this message, you can, you can, you can get a hold of that and, 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 and you begin to really not just know it, but really begin to feel it. One of the things I think is true, I, I think I can say this, being a parent is never easy. You can say amen there. Be, I don't care whether you're a dad, a mom, or, or, or whatever. Being a parent is never easy, but um, I think it's also fair to say this past year it has become even exceptionally more hard than it normally is. A lot of moms are exhausted, tired. Is that anybody in this room? Because here's what's happened, Okay. It used to be you might go to work and you had that set of stresses and you come home and you have that set of stresses and then there was school, sometimes your schools, but more often than not, maybe your kid's school, and there was that set of stresses, but at least those stresses stayed there and these stresses were here and those stresses were there. But since COVID came, we, some, somebody got the brilliant idea that it would be just really smart to now let's take what used to be the office and used to be home and used to be school and let's just put them all in your living room. Does this relate to anybody this morning? And all of a sudden, your home has become everything. It's become work. It's become home. It's become school. It's become all of those things, and you're just, you're just tired. And ironically, even with all of those people living in your living room, having their school, having their work, living their lives, I also find a lot of moms are lonely, um, isolated, they feel that way? Is this any moms this morning? Because last year has just been a challenging year. And I've learned over the years that it's in such times as those that the enemy wants to come and talk to me, whisper in my ears. He rarely comes when I'm feeling good. It's usually when I'm tired. Right? And mom, some of you this morning, this is the time, this is the moment, this is the, this is the year where the enemy has worked on you harder than ever before to say what you're doing isn't mattering, what you're doing doesn't matter, doesn't make a difference, and he's working on you because he knows that you're tired and you're feeling alone and you don't, you don't, you don't have those friends around you to lift you up, which is part of the reason we're beginning Wednesdays again, so you have some of that. But then you got your family that normally would be there to lift you up, but you're so sick and tired of them, if I can say this. I probably shouldn't say this. But you're so sick and tired of them, you don't want them to lift you up. You just want them to go in the bedroom and leave you alone for an hour. Right? Anybody's house? I think I got this right. I want you to know this morning, and if you don't get anything out of this message, know, know this, okay? You are making a difference. You are and I hope you see this in a few moments as I preach this a little further. You are on the cutting edge of God's business. What you're doing, what you do day to day that seems like tedium and see, see, seems like it's going to drive you crazy is absolutely God's business. 
I mean, let's just look at this for a moment. What I preached last week was this, God's business is love. It's loving God, it's loving other people. And, and, and let me just go for a moment to one of my favorite scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13, that describes love. And it is one of my favorite scriptures because it's, it's the most honest, accurate depiction of what love really is that exists. It has, and it has nothing to do with romance or hormones or all of the goosebumps that we in American society now equate to love. It's what love really is. It's a choice. But I want you to see this. This is love. This is God's business. And this, mom, is what you've been living out for the last year. And it goes something like this. Love is patient. Have you had to have any patience in the last year? Love is patient. Love is kind. Have you needed any kindness? Have you come to the place in your life where you knew that you had two choices with your children? One involves you going to jail. (laughs) And the other one involves you practicing Paul's kind of love. And I'm assuming since none of you are watching from jail, although maybe on the Facebook feed, I don't know. I'm assuming not, but if you are, welcome. We are glad to have you. But I'm assuming because most of you are not in jail, you made the choice to love. And moms, you've been about God's business this year when you were loving your kids with kindness and patience. And Paul goes on and says, not irritable. I won't ask any of you husbands how they've done with that. Because Father's Day is coming, and if I ask you, I'll have to ask them later, and that won't be good. Paul says, love is patient, it's kind, it's not irritable or resentful. And then he says this, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things. And this one, I I get, it endures all things. And that's what this year sometimes has felt like, enduring all things. That's love. And let's put this in some context, okay? You have done those things in this way. That's where you have shown these things, patience and kindness and love. You've been unknowingly living out God's business for the last 12 months. There's a second piece to this, though, isn't there? God's business. It's not just love. It's it's making disciples. Let me talk about that, moms, for for a minute. You don't think of yourself in this way, but you are your missionary moms. Sometimes we think, Pastor Barry, I'm so busy being a mom and I'm so busy running my kids to soccer and to little league and to softball and to this thing and to that thing and helping them with the schoolwork and making sure that they can get in a good college and they can get a scholarship and they can do this and they can do that. I'm so busy doing all that, I don't have time to go out and make disciples. And what you miss sometimes is in the very process of living life with your kids, you are, that's exactly what you are doing is you are making Disciples, missionary moms. See, I, 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 I've observed this, I've seen this, I, I believe this to be true. Moms have always been the first line of, of training when it comes to teaching our kids about the things of God. Not to say dads don't have a very important part in this, a, a critical part, and, and we see the consequences of dads not being in the picture anymore so much today uh, in, in a lot of situations. But moms, more times than not, moms, it's, it's you it's you, that's, it's you that's at the bedside at the end of the day tucking them in, hearing their prayers. More times than not, it's you that gets the, the, the Bible picture book, assumedly when they're three and four and not 
14 and 15 out and sits them down and reads to them out of the Bible picture book, right? It, it's you that takes the forefront, takes the, the, the cutting edge of training and teaching the kids. But, but, and, and, and not just, not just with, with prayer and reading the Word of God, although that's vitally important, but also where I started this with kindness that you show people every day, including them. It's you that picks them up and kisses their scratched knee and puts a Band-Aid on it and tells them it'll be okay. It's dad that picks them up and looks at it and says, ah, it's not bleeding much. Wipe it off and get on about your business, right? That's right. <laughs> I got that mixed up first service. I had moms do it. No, that ain't right. That won't work. And, there's a, and we need both, right? It's, I mean, you know, if it's not bleeding bad, you're all right. Don't cry. That's dad's. And some moms, I, I know. It's hard, to, it's hard to preach in broad strokes because inevitably you have somebody say, no, that's, that's not the way it is in my family. Well, regardless, you show kindness in one way or another. In doing that, you're making disciples. One of the things that I've, I, I learned as a pastor, and I, I, I never realized when, as a young pastor, was the value that missionaries, talking about missionary moms, the value that missionaries place on their home. I didn't understand it till I listened to some missionaries who had spent decades on the field come and speak and teach in some classes that I took about missions, just trying to understand the heartbeat of a, of a, of a missionary. And, and if you can imagine this with me for a minute, you know, I've, I've been on a few short-term missions trips. How, how many of you have ever been on a short-term missions trip? A, a handful of you. And, you know, one of the first ones I ever went on was to Lima, Peru, South America. It was 10 days, and it was so much fun. I mean, it was hard, brutally hard work, but it was so much fun. And I went to Lima, Peru, and I was there. And uh, I came back so excited for missions, thinking, man, I would love to be a missionary. I would love to go do that. How, how much, how exciting was that? And uh, I was 23 at the time. And as I got older, I come to realize that I had kind of a poor understanding because it was fun because it was 10 days. And I had the return ticket in my pocket. And I knew I was getting on the plane. And I never forget the day we, we uh, rolled into, I believe we, I believe we came back to Chicago. We rolled into the Chicago airport and we got out. And I, and I, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't expecting it. It shocked me. I walked out and I can remember taking my first breath of, of uh, Indiana. It was Illinois, but Midwest air. It was humid. It smelled like trees. Chicago, it smelled a little bit like lake, Okay. But it smelled like the Midwest, it smelled like Indiana, and it felt like Indiana, and for the first time I thought, this is home. And I hadn't even noticed it when I wasn't home, but when I came back I did, and if you can imagine being a missionary that, that is into a, in, in a foreign culture where the language is different, the customs are different, the, the, the food is different, the smells are different, the housing is different, the one place you have that is kind of your, your safe place is your home. Missionaries tend to guard their home for that reason. Well, moms, you're kind of that way too, to some degree. Your home has been your safe place until this year. And this year, your safe place became filled with every kind of crazy, right? If I can say this, and maybe it's not politically correct, but I will anyway, you ended up living with the natives. 
for the last year. And when you do that, you really find out, do I have a mission mom's heart or not? You see, the call to go and make disciples begins with that day-to-day challenge that each and every one of you take up when you choose to raise your kids and love your kids through the good times and the bad times. When you choose to be patient and kind and loving instead of prison. You are about, you are doing the Father's business. Moms, you're not on the sideline, you're on the front line. And I, I say to you this morning, all of you moms, whether you're biological moms, adoptive moms, or you're just a person with a mom's heart, I say this sincerely, thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for enduring all things. Thank you for giving up your home. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much for that. Can I tell you a story this morning about a missionary mom? Can I, can I take a few minutes and do that? I need one person to say yes. yes. Okay, that, all right, perfect. At least one. This is a true story. Absolutely true story. It was a missionary mom. She lived in an occupied territory. Occupied territory. Had two boys. This missionary mom lived in an occupied territory with her two boys, and, and she and they saw violence every day. Brutality to the extent that they were living in a country where they saw public executions on a regular basis. Not only criminals publicly executed, but they saw uh, spiritual leaders and, and others, leaders within their community, executed brutally on a regular basis. This is a missionary mom. The country was such that there, there was even one moment, at least one time, her husband himself, who was a good man, had been grabbed by those getting ready to prepare the execution, and he himself had been forced to participate in the execution of an innocent man. This missionary mom, we don't know a lot of the details about her. We don't know a lot of things. We know, but I, I know some history, and we, we know some historical facts and some realities, and, and, and I know how it must feel as a husband, as a father, as a man, to be forced to do something like that. I know I, I, can, I can just... I got to reach, but I can imagine how hard it would be to raise children in those circumstances. But this mom raised her kids and helped her husband. I mean, I can only imagine him coming home at the end of the day. Imagine coming home to your, your wife or, or wife hearing your husband come home at the end of the day and say, I helped kill somebody today. But she walked them through that. She loved them through that. She raised her kids through that. She was a missionary mom. Now, can I say this to you moms living in the 21st century? I'm grateful this country isn't to that place. We don't have to deal with public executions, and we have our own share of brutality and problems. And some of our problems are different than those problems. We're living in a society that has come to the place, like Isaiah says, we call good evil and we call evil good. And, and we've become so institutionalized in our, our, our way of thinking as a society that when you send your kids to the school, public school, or, or even you go to work, you will, uh, to some degree, depending on the school system, your kids will be indoctrinated into certain beliefs. 
And if not in the school system, it's going to be through the TV or the media or friends or social media. It's just the world we live in. And moms, you've got a huge huge responsibility, a huge, huge challenge before you to be able to do like this woman did. And I, I hope you come to understand the value of who you are as a mom. You've got a huge challenge in front of you to disciple your children despite everything they hear and everything they see and all the influences that go on around them. Everything they come up against is pulling them one direction and it's not God's direction and you pick up and carry the responsibility and the burden of loving them, praying for them, teaching them, training them and making them into disciples. You're doing God's business more than anybody else when you help them work through things they just don't understand. But mom, they say this about Jesus and God or they say this is right and you're telling me that that's right. How can that, how can, how can that be, mom? Moms have a hard, challenging job. This missionary mom that I'm talking about, she didn't live in the 21st century. She lived in the first century. The son that we know about was a man by the name of Rufus. And I know Rufus doesn't sound much like a Bible name, does it? I, I, I got to say, if I was picking out of a group of 12 names, Rufus would probably not be the one that I would think, that's a Bible guy. But he was. Rufus is actually mentioned in the Bible. In Acts 16, 13, we get a reference to this man and his mom by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is coming to the end of this letter that he has written, this incredible letter, and, and he writes these words, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. And notice that this mom, this missionary mom, has raised her son Rufus to be this kind of disciple that the Apostle Paul himself will define him, describe him, call him one who has, is chosen in the Lord. And Paul goes on and says, Not only greet him, but greet his mother who has been a mother to me, as well. And there you see the mother's heart, the mom's heart. Rufus's mom was not only his mom, but she became a mom to the apostle Paul himself, the greatest missionary that ever walked to the face of the earth. Now, that in and of itself would be a great piece of the story, but there's another piece of the story that, that we, don't, we can't completely say is true, but I, I tend to like to think that it is. And there's another place Rufus has talked about, and it's in the Gospels. It's in Mark 15, 21. And, and let me just read you this, because Rufus's mom is described by Paul as, as a person that was like his mom, but we know about Rufus's dad. He was a guy by the name of Simon the Cyrene. Any of you guys ever hear of this guy? Does that ring a bell? You'll know about him in a second here. Let me just read this. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. You see, it was the father of Rufus who was the man that as Jesus carried his cross to Golgotha and he stumbled and fell from exhaustion and blood loss, it, it, was, it, was, it was Simon, it was the father of Rufus, it was the husband of this, this mom of Paul that, that they grabbed and they said, you carry the cross. You participate in the execution. Now we don't know this, this is a little bit of supposition on my part. These two men could be different Rufuses, but I like to think it's the same man. But if you can imagine being this husband, this man who was a good man by all accounts, forced to pick up this crossbar that Jesus had carried. And, you know, Jesus had been beaten and bloodied and, and brutalized. 
And when Rufus picked this thing up and put it onto his shoulders or had it onto his shoulders, I can only imagine the blood of Jesus himself had to run down his chest and his back as he carried that all the way to Golgotha. I don't know, maybe he dropped the cross and ran, or maybe he dropped the cross and stood there and watched the Son of God be crucified, but he participated in it. And we don't know a lot about the story and the details, but just knowing humanity and human beings and men and, and myself to come home at the end of the day and bring that to your wife and your kids, how hard that must be. And yet, this woman, who Paul describes as a mother to him, not a biological mother, but a, mo- a person who had become like a mother to him, she walked her husband through that, she walked her children through that and kept them as disciples. How many of you know men go through hard stuff? If you've been married more than three weeks, maybe three months, you know that to be true. And I don't know if you've observed this or not, and, and maybe you're married to the, unu- I don't want to say unusual, the, yeah, I'll say it, the unusual man, but most men don't like to talk about it. Is that fair? And you have a special challenge, moms, wives, to help them walk through that, process that, heal from that, whatever that may be, and be the father to your child that they are called to be. It's challenging. And if you feel like your job is just not that important, you're missing it because it's the most important job this earth has. You're about the father's business when you do the things you do as a mom. What I find interesting about all this is Paul, who is one who describes himself as one saved out of time, uh, the persecutor of Jesus and the persecutor of the body of Christ. Paul, who himself had killed and taken the lives and stood by as the lives of Christians were taken. He, he who had a sincere desire for God thought he was doing God's will when he killed these Christians who then ran into God on the Damascus Road and looked up to see God and, and saw Jesus and realized, oops, what have I done? I don't... You can imagine the trauma this man went through as he did that. And I find it interesting that we're told, we're told in Romans, we're told in Romans 16 that it was Rufus's mom that became like a mother to Paul. And I can only imagine that it might have been her that helped Paul walk, work, work through and walk through his hard moment in life. She may have been the one that came to Paul and said, Paul, I know you're struggling, but let me tell you as a mom, Paul, God loves you. Let me tell you as a mom, Paul, that what you've done is not something that you can't come back through from. Let, let me tell you, Paul, let me tell you what it was like, Paul, because, Paul, I was there. I, I, she may have actually been there with her husband, or she may have heard it from her husband, but I was there in Jerusalem the day they crucified Jesus. Let me tell you what it was like. Let me tell you how he gave himself. Let me tell you how he became the sacrifice, and it was a mom that God chose to use to speak into the life of the greatest missionary that ever lived and ever walked the face of the earth. I know this morning a lot of you are tired. And I know a lot of you feel isolated and understandably so. 
And I know it's tempting to think and ask in these moments, am I really making a difference? And I just want to say to you this morning, if I look at every one of you for just a moment, know this, you absolutely are. Whether it's with biological children, grandchildren, adopted, step, or your neighbor that your mom's heart reaches out to you. You are about God's business. You're making a difference. I would end this way, just saying to you what you're going to do anyway. Love your kids. Teach them about the Lord. Disciple them. Love people. Serve them. Let them see Jesus in you. And maybe the most important thing of all is this, moms, ladies, be prepared. Be prepared that one of these days you're going to stand before God and you're going to hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because what you did in your life was taking care of my father's business. Moms, thank you. Thank you. Now, dads, let them get a little rest today. Fair, right? Go home. Go. All right, I won't tell you to go home and cook them lunch. Take them out for lunch. <laughs> Unless you can cook, and then you want to do that, that's an option. In my house, Ruthie's not so excited about toasted cheese. <laughs> I can make a good grilled cheese. We're going to take care of her today. Help your wives and lift them up and encourage them. And moms, please know you're making all the difference in the world. And we love you. We guys don't like to talk a lot. So you don't always hear this. Hear it this morning. We love you and we appreciate you. And we value you. Amen. Would you stand this morning? What I'd like to do as we bring this to a close is I'd like to pray over you this morning. Pray God's strength and God's blessing. I'm so glad that we see this last year coming to an end, COVID coming to an end, but you and I both know it's not over yet. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. The challenges are still there. Um, so let me pray over you. Father, I pray this day, and we pray this morning, over all the ladies and all the moms that call Souls Harbor their home. Those that are listening online, those that are here in the sanctuary today, God, I pray your blessing and your strength upon them. I ask you, Father, that you would lift them up and encourage them. I pray today, God, that you would heal them where they themselves are struggling. I pray, God, that you would restore them where they're exhausted and don't have the energy to go any longer. I pray, God, above all else today, let them see the value, the value in what they're doing for you. And I pray even now, even this moment, let them hear the words of the Holy Spirit speak to them. Well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.